and welcome back to a tall glass of podcast this is jim with mike as always mike how are you tonight buddy i'm doing i as an american citizen i'd like to i'd like to vocally say i'm doing fine and i am free to say so you have that right that's right and that's what we're going to be talking about today freedom what it means to live in a free and open society what makes the united states different than other western democracies things that for michael and i we've talked about countless times uh you know just just sharing our beliefs on the topic and uh it's something that we're both very passionate about and want to bring to you all today so i'm going to read what the first amendment states for all you out there don't know because we have a real lack of knowledge in these younger kids these days uh, and me, me myself, I might not be as trained on the Constitution as I as I should be. First Amendment, Jim, give it to us. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a re- redress of grievances. So. Obviously, there's a lot. Jim, what does that what does that mean? Jim? Well, there's lots of yeah. There's lots of unpacked. So the first piece is basically saying we are not going to establish an official religion for the the nation, um, which also means I like people that. are free because... to um, exercise whatever religion they they prefer. So it's freedom of religion. Yeah. And I like. Can I stop and say something? I really like that because I see a lot of countries that there is a central religion. I mean, you know about these countries, and you've been to these countries where religion is very powerful in these countries, and there is only one religion. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I, I feel like it. I feel like that style of country where the people are more defined by their religion than their borders uh, can sometimes. Uh, I feel like it's backwards a little bit in a, in, a, in, a, in a way and people aren't striving to work together and I guess advance their country. Oftentimes I feel like it holds them back. Um, but go ahead, Jim. Yeah. I think the, the separation of church and state in this, in this country is a fairly novel concept at the time. Um, and one that has definitely been um, really important and foundational to the American way of life. Um, yes. The next one, obviously we have the freedom of speech, which is probably going to be the cornerstone of our discussion today. We also have freedom of the press, which is in a form of speech. Um, true, true media of all types and should have the ability to print whatever they feel, um, they would like to print. And, you know, the, the capitalistic society we live in will determine what's good and what's bad right through that system. Sure. And, and the good media will survive and the bad will, will die out, or, or so we would hope. And then the, the last two, so the right of the people to peaceably assemble and, the petition, and to petition the government for redress of grievances, so essentially protesting, um, something that obviously has, throughout American history, is, is a huge part of, of who we are and what makes us so different than other countries for who will, uh, you know, at the, at the smallest um gathering of people to protest something will arrest you know peaceful protesters we right you know strive no dissent yeah we strive and we definitely don't get it right all the time but our ideals are that you can um peaceably protest um a cause that you believe in that needs to be addressed by the government or society or or whatever and in recent years we've seen a lot of that we have (laughs) for one reason or another i mean shutting down highways i mean we, you know, and it's aggravating. It's, it'll piss you off, especially when you're on your way home from work mm. and you just worked 10 hours as a plumber and you just want to go home so you can eat your dinner with your family and they're blocking off 90 because some guy was killed in the state that you don't even know or care about, but uh, they had the right to do that. It's kind of dangerous, actually. I don't know if they have the right to block a highway off, but <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. peaceful at that point. But uh, Yeah, you know. that's where it gets kind of... Um... There's the and line, all obviously. These, listen, all these rights, I think you're going to find areas where your argument could fall on either side. And you're kind of like, well, you know, there's gray areas, I guess. Right. Um, 
which we'll obviously we'll get into. Right. Especially in like the physical world, not the, the online world. Um, protesting obviously has to occur at a location and that location can be, um, can get in the way of trade, commerce, travel, other people's way of going about their life. Um, where it's a little bit less um, gray, I would think, is in the, the tech sector because it is not an actual location that's blocking someone else's ability to right. maneuver. But we'll get into right. that. So we chose this topic because, like I said, we're, we're both very passionate about it. And I'd like to think that we're both First Amendment maximalists in that um, I believe very strongly in, in the, the freedom of speech and even if that speech I don't like and I think what frustrates me the most about you know both the left and the right side of the aisle um, in this country is both claim to be parties that support freedom of speech but in practice only support the speech that backs up their ideology or their principles you know correct yeah and i think both s seek to censor the opposing in one way correct. or another try to seek to and whether that's hiding behind patriotism or political correctness correct you will have people being censored uh and not being able to say what they what they wish and um my god i mean you, you and you should be able to recognize that. And I hope we, we, we can at least shed that light on, on this podcast. And, and so you guys can recognize when that basic freedom is kind of being um, dug into and right. you know, call out these leaders as they should be. Yeah. And, and principles are exactly that. They're, they're regardless of, of where you fall on the political spectrum, if you believe in the foundational first amendment in the bill of rights of the united states constitution if you believe in that as strongly as i think all americans should and what our forefathers who wrote it wanted us to live then you have to accept that there's going to be speech that you don't appreciate and there's going to be protests that interrupt your daily life and get in the way yeah, of what you want. yeah sure and that's what living in a, in a free and open society looks like. And I think that's what yeah. makes us so different and, and better than any other country because we, yeah. we embody those values. Yes, many countries in the world today are democracies and we have our own problems in, with democracy, but many countries are democracies, but they don't guarantee the individual liberties in like the foundation of their governing documents like we have and that's special and we should yeah. we should we should hold it very sacredly and not let it you know fall to the wayside in the in the face of information we don't want to hear yeah and you see let me give you an example perfect example i think other countries we, we always assume like okay yeah right we got we have the middle east we have china and we have russia places where they control media and all that stuff and we think of western countries england and france you know, or Great Britain, France, Canada. In France, they have a policy, a pretty strict policy called La Cité, where they do not allow any display. I just heard about this from the New York Times. They don't allow any display in any public place, schools, parks, an actual public place. They allow no displays of religion. And the examples they gave was, uh, you know, there was a there was kids if, if they wore a cross to school, like a Christian cross, like a necklace, they would be asked to remove it and put it in their backpack or put it inside their shirt or something. There's no outward displays of any sort of religion. They take separation to the max. This is state. We want no religion infiltrating state. Well, then when they had Muslim migrants, a lot of them coming in, you know, the the heads, the headscarf, the hajib, that that became a problem because they said, well, that's, I right. can't have it. We don't allow it. And then going back to the original point, Muslims had a big problem with that because that's an expression of, so much, yeah, that's yeah. them. They are Muslims. Right. Muslims are them. They are, I think, and Jimmy, you might know more than this because you were actually over there, but I think a lot of them, they feel more closely tied and strong, more strongly tied to their religion than they do their country. They might not, they might not identify themselves first and foremost as iranians they might identify themselves as muslims first and foremost it's very yeah. important to them 
yeah, that's a big part of it. And I mean, there's Christians that in the United States that feel the, you know, the same way, definitely. Um, but it's, it's more pronounced. Um, yeah, I mean, an example, even closer to home, um, you know, a couple months ago with the, with the truckers in, in Canada. Yeah. Yes. They were blocking international commerce. And yes, that, that probably in my assessment breaches the line of, okay, this is no longer a, an expression of purely just an expression of, of beliefs. It's now impeding other people's livelihood and things like that. So there probably needs to be a way to deal with that. But the way Canada, who's a Western democracy, but they are not the United States, the way they dealt with it was chilling. I mean, they began essentially debanking protesters and people who were donating to the protest via things like GoFundMe. They were going after them using various um, public like pressure through media outlets were contacting people. They also were um, essentially sanctioning them, like uh, getting rid of like debanking them, like whoever they bank with, let's say Canadian bank, liquefying their accounts. Like that level of response to a peaceful, albeit disruptive protest yeah is something that we should all be extremely um weary of um yeah, and, sure. and and the way the last couple of years in this country with the the um the George Floyd and follow on protests over the summer and then the covid lockdown protests the way they were met at times and i'm not making yeah. excuses for people who committed crimes and and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. destroyed property yeah. There are plenty of examples in our, you know, unfortunately dark history with racial, racial peaceful protests, you know, um, these protesters being assaulted and brutally beaten and even killed. And, you know, you heard examples of that, um, unfortunately, during some of this racial protests for the last two years, even of, of truly peaceful protesters um, yeah. having their rights taken away. And Absolutely. I, I, I think the problem is, you know, back to my point of, it's whatever feeds the narrative of the the part of the person of the party that that person belongs to. So yeah, if I'm a if I'm a right winger, um, I support your freedom not to get vaccinated from COVID, but at the same time, they're the same people a lot of times who will you know basically say, "How dare you kneel for the national anthem?" It's like, hold on, yeah, right. Individual liberty is individual liberty. Freedom yeah. is freedom. I don't yeah. love the fact that NFL players are kneeling for the anthem. They could, right. they could be given the middle finger to the anthem. And I'm a veteran sure. of the military. That's not sure. – if I'm going to stick to my principles of freedom of expression and freedom of speech, yeah. then they are absolutely allowed to do that. And it might not fall into what you feel is the right decorum or morally what is correct, but, that you know – and there's the argument to be made that all the founding fathers were of cut from the same cloth. I mean, this was a time when these guys were, they were religious men. Okay. They didn't, they didn't necessarily say, you know, we, we do need to have a separation of states, but they, they had, they had moral, you know, they, they together, the founding fathers, like I said, they, they pretty much had the, the same, they were respectful men and respectable men who had the same thought process and, and whatnot, and and they might think that a lot of the stuff that happens is morally wrong and morally reprehensible, and the decorum is terrible. But if you truly believe in freedom over everything, and if you truly believe that freedom is what makes this country different than any other country, then I'd like to see it as far as we can take it. Exactly. um, Good and bad. Um, And good and bad. And, uh, you know, a sector that I'm seeing quite the opposite occurring is in like social media and, and tech companies. Um, they seem to be taking a stance. I think that the, the um, new Twitter CEO a couple months ago went on record essentially saying his responsibility is not to the first amendment, but to a, the greater good of society. And this was during a lot of the vaccine hesitancy and, and quote-unquote misinformation yeah. that was going out and they were doing a lot of censoring and banning of accounts and um yes is twitter a private entity and as a free market capitalist should they be able to do that 
yes, the argument can absolutely be made. And I understand well, that, that goes back to freedom, right? I mean, he has the right, right. It's his company. He does. What's difficult, though, is similar with the, 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 the way the technology has transformed our lives. Tech companies are almost like power companies at this point where, yeah. yes, they are free enterprises, private enterprises, but their yeah. impact on daily life may need to be reined in and regulated to stop them from taking a purely free market approach to something because technology is essentially the the new public square like yeah, it is so if you get thrown yeah. off of if you get you know banned from facebook instagram twitter it, it becomes very difficult for you to get your thoughts and ideas out there because online is it's like the new it's like the, the virtual public square it's the same as you know yeah. us going to i don't know the mall and you know 20 years ago and yeah speaking our yeah. beliefs so it gets so a little gray. The, we should have the right, you're saying, because it's the new public square, much like a, a regular, real public square where we have the right to go to, right? It's the public square. Right. There we is no the right public, there. there is no actually and, like government public location on the internet where you can go. Should, so you, you have to go. Have a, the United <laughs> States of America should have a social media and it's just a giant forum. Well, we, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, we should have where we could just, you know, oh my God, it would just be filled with so much shit posting. But that's so kind of the point of the. That, <laughs> that, like kind of, that was kind of like the promise of the internet was if it was going to like decentralize information and be this free yeah. and open. And then the trolls you know. logged on and it just went to <laughs> fucking hell in that basket. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm torn, I'm torn on that. I, you know, McDonald's can do whatever it wants. And it is a super powerful organization. And they have been killing America's Americans for the last 60 years. Yeah, have they been killing kill Americans or have they been allowing Americans been, to realize their their full uh, killing us. potential? You know, first first because, thing <laughs> you know, it's their it, no, no one's forcing McDonald's down your throat. Uh, you're choosing okay. to go eat there, you know, like Ron Swanson yeah. said. You see someone who's 400 pounds, you think it's disgusting. I think it's beautiful because that's right. That's what you living in a free and open society stuff. is all about. It's true. it's true. But my point being that they may know deep down inside what they're doing is wrong. The product that they're pushing is not correct. And yes, they're a very large company, but no one's reining them in. Um, well, you know, they are these though, social media platforms you can choose to use. I know that it's harder to choose when everybody's on it and whatnot. But you've seen in the last couple of years, you've seen a, a handful of social media um, um, like alternatives. organizations po popping up. Alternatives, perfect, yeah. perfect word, Jim, popping up here and there. Yeah, they don't have the the power that they have yet, but you've seen it happen. So, um, well, you've seen like okay, you know. So Fair I enough. mean that would be my that would be my answer to that. I, I don't want to ban anybody. Fair enough. Um, but at the same time, if if that's the policy they're gonna take, which I, I don't believe, I, I think the policy should be we should lean into as little censorship and banning as possible and trust individual people to make right or wrong out of comments, whether it's vaccine yeah. misinformation or whether yeah. it's conspiracy theories on 9-11. Get that information out there, and you have to trust people. Are there going to be millions of people who take it the wrong way? Yeah, that's we have 380 million people in this country. You're going to have a decent chunk of people using it incorrectly, but we have to trust people and not some high-level arbiter to make those decisions for us. But, okay, let's go back and say you know, they are an individual company, private company. They can make those decisions. Then those decisions, and without the government getting involved, or the only way, in my opinion, that the government can stay not involved is if the way that they're banning or censoring stuff is uniformly applied in accordance with a code of conduct or you know um, something like that. Yeah. And that's not the case, though. So oh, sure. a sure. mainstream media Twitter outlet can post something that is 
factually incorrect and yeah. they can get away with it. Whereas if an individual or if someone that aligns to a different narrative than what yeah. the mostly left-leaning tech companies right. want out there, then they no, will true. ban and censor that. And that's a huge a, problem. Yeah, Jim, but there's a bias. Human nature is to be biased. I mean, yeah, of course. Even Twitter has a board and stuff, but it's made up of human beings, and human human beings are biased. Decker Plumbing is biased. I mean, some way, somehow, there's there's this bias. He works in his stuff, and um, I see what you're saying. You would hope that the rules get applied the same way. Have they ever been applied the same way across the board in any structure, in, no. in law, in any way? I mean, I, I don't think it's possible. I think we can hold them to that standard. Um, you know, I don't know. But to me, um, it, like you said, it's the new public square. That's the tough part. It's become more necess- more necessary than I would like it to have become um, social media. One thing, one thing that is funny, it's kind of related, um, is so obviously Trump has been banned from like all social media. Sure. And, and now they're even to the point, which is just, in my opinion, way over the top. There, when he appears on like a podcast, if he even brings up election fraud, which it's like that's his calling card at this point, yeah, right. The, right. the podcast will get taken down. And it's, it's actually funny because my understanding is his absence in the social media realm is actually helping his favorability because most of the people that had an issue with a lot of people who voted for him in 16 and didn't vote for him in 20 right well because they were so disgusted by the way he conducted himself sure sure he gets not on there they're probably like man he just he seems so reserved now (laughs) but it's just that he can't fucking talk they're like oh you know what i think he's finally matured he's not spouting out at the mouth meanwhile he's just been banned off of every platform and it's just so funny to me because obviously the social media companies do not want him back in the Oval Office, but they may be facilitating just like, <laughs> just like CNN did with their unending coverage of him during the 2016 election. They right. essentially, you know, uh, created this this beast of a of a candidate who is, yep. you know, continuing to linger, you know, probably for the long haul and 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 with his stranglehold on the Republican Party. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny how it kind of backfired. Like their their ban and censorship of his stuff is actually helping his favorability sure. amongst the 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 non MAGA like middle or right side of the aisle. Jim, let's quickly talk about a couple of things. I think we should move to a, to- a little bit to this topic and say what are some things. Let's go to the other side of the spectrum. What are some things that definitely need to be that we need to definitely not allow people to say, or like, what's, what are, what are some things that need to be restricted when it comes to speech? I'm curious. Speech, you speech or expression. So, um, yeah. like I said, expression, when you protest in the physical world, that is going to impact physical things. So, um, that member, the, <laughs> the, the chop or the Chaz, the Capitol Hill, oh, yeah. you know, occupation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. They, had, they had gardens and stuff. Yeah, that to me broached crossed that line because it was impeding small businesses yeah. that had storefront locations from operating their business. It was impeding yeah. the flow of traffic. And it's a fine line. I know, like maybe a couple weeks would have been okay, or maybe a couple no, days. That was fucking no, that was them trying to that was like people trying to set up a sovereign country within a country, within a state. Like that's the right. that's the line there. Like yeah. you can't just I can't just go into my neighbor's yard and say this is now, you know, Joe Ohio to take a Family Guy reference, but this is now <laughs> Pretoria. This is now yeah. Pretoria, Joe Ohio. This is now Mike McDermott's sovereign land. Like you can't do that. I mean, there's we have boundaries and we have you know, so you can't like start a sovereign nation within a state. Like that's fucking stupid. Right. Yeah, that, thing, that was the um, goal was. But that was, you know, that's a left side one. Then a right side one, you know, back to the Canadian truckers. I think when you start impeding international commerce and blocking um, international border crossings and routes, then 
whether your cause is just or not, that is yeah, to me, yeah. um, something had to be done. I, I do think the reaction was way, way over the top. Like I said, with the debanking yeah. and, and going after people that were just simply not even protesting, they were fucking donating via like GoFundMe and, um, getting like attacked, you know, I think that that's, that's wrong. So, yeah. um, those are just two I could think of. Um, obviously I'm fully on board with any kind of protest, right, left or center. I'm fully yeah. on board with, uh, kneeling during the anthem. You could burn a flag. I don't, I don't appreciate sure. it, but I'm not going sure. to say that's not your right. So, um, right. what about you? I don't, I don't like the obscenities. So you, you can't like run around naked as an adult, like, around a school or something like that i think that's good. yeah we're, we're kids anytime yeah. kids come in we're getting a little gray because kids, kids come you know, into it and kids don't have the ability to make individual you know adult decisions so right. you can't like give them hate speech and expect them to be able to pick it out like you should expect an adult right so obscenity is a big one you can't you can't do any of that i mean there has to be a certain decorum my god we are human beings and there's you know you, you can't do that kind of stuff. I think espionage, I know that runs into a gray area too. Like you can't, you can't reveal classified materials, you know, that I know that in recent times, I know that's been kind of gray and I, and I do appreciate whistleblowers who might be bringing forward information that contradicts our rights. So like, if you have, if you know for a fact, the government is censoring speech, I know that's not what's happened, but if you found documents saying, yeah, we're censoring speech, you have, you should reveal those documents, even though it might be, you know, a, a, a violation of an espionage act. So that, that's a crime. Right? Like that's, that's a crime, right? So espionage is, is, is really hard to, to prove. And there's a whole special court for it because it does really infringe on or, or blur that line between freedom of speech and expression, freedom of the press yeah. in a lot of instances yeah, yeah, yeah. and espionage. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a former intelligence officer in the Marine Corps, I used to always yeah. think, you know, yeah, it's all espionage, Assange, espionage, take him away. I actually have a very different uh, opinion on that now. Um, so I believe people like a Chelsea Manning or an Edward Snowden who stole classified information, um, I believe they should be prosecuted. I do not believe the journalists and other people who were not members of the U.S. government who then took that information and published it, I do not believe that they should be um, they should be prosecuted in any way because I believe that that is freedom of expression, freedom of the press. Um, there's plenty of examples of, and this happens. This shit happens all the time. This was used what used to piss me off so much is in D.C., which is where like the hub of the intel organizations, the three letter agencies operate, or the Pentagon even all these senior officials with mega high clearances to super top secret stuff and information, they would, they leak stuff all the time, which is the same as at what Edward Snowden did, right? You yeah. leak classified yeah. information. They leak it all the time to the New York times, the Washington post, yeah. whatever. Right. Sure. sure. And nothing ever happens to them. And they go on and post it but because it's all part of the mainstream bubble. It's not, you always hear about these leaks and it's never like, okay, who the fuck is giving this information up? Then you have like right. these lower rung Edward Snowdens and others who are stealing information that are being prosecuted. And again, I think they, I think they should be, if you discover, you know, to answer your question more directly, if you discover, let's say when I had my clearance, I discovered a, a program that I felt was violating us citizen freedoms. Yeah. There are channels and systems by which I can report it. That's mm. step one. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I didn't see many times in the military when someone tried to escalate a major issue through the appropriate channels, nothing happened. That that happens well, unfortunately. It's, yeah, it's a government. Right. It doesn't run. It doesn't run efficiently. And and you have biases. People are like, "Who do you think you are?" Yeah, right now. But then there's other ways to do it. You could steal very targeted information on that program and and put it out there. My understanding, I'm more familiar with the Snowden one than I am the Chelsea Manning one, but the Snowden one specifically, that dude was just like a vain sociopathic guy who thought he was smarter than everyone he knew and, or everyone in the, in the National Security Agency. And all okay. he did was take a thumb drive and rip like 
a shit ton of information. And within that mass, he stole a bunch of stuff. And within that, like indiscriminately, and then within that cache of stuff that he that he stole was the NSA spying program. Uh. So in that sense, he's not really a hero or a whistleblower. He just got lucky doing an illegal act, um, if that makes sense. So I don't really um, – if he had just stolen that, stolen the information around that like illegal program, that'd be one thing. But he stole all kinds of stuff that led to people dying overseas unnecessarily, and just like in general, I don't think his intentions were as noble as like the movie would portray. You know, of course. Right. So, which is always um, always something to take into account. I think. Um, what is the intent of of these actions? Okay, what is the intent of Alex Jones saying that Sandy Hook was all crisis actors. Like, what's his intention? Just to make a bunch of money off his radio program? Like, that needs to be put into perspective as opposed to a whistleblower, a nobler whistleblower, where you're saying, what's what's his intent to, to violate Espionage Act? He's trying to, you know, reveal things that the United States were doing that that is against our freedoms. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. It comes down to decorum. Like, what are these people's motivations? I think that's important when you're trying to uh, classify whether or not these people did something wrong or not. You know? You know, what's the intent of, you know, what is the intent of somebody really trying to get you to get the vaccine? Like, what is the intent of that? I'm trying to make sure that everybody in the United States gets it. I, I don't know. That might be more of a reaction. I think we talked about that earlier. Well, so I think the the intent piece is important for what saying whether or not you agree with the cause. But I actually think the opposite in that intent is irrelevant when it comes to freedom of expression and speech. Okay. I actually, your intention could be you want every every U.S. service member to be murdered or every child to be murdered. That could be your intent. But to me, as a First Amendment maximalist, I believe that your right to that speech is what needs to be protected. As long as you're not acting and doing criminal activity on that speech. Yeah. You know, Jim, we talked about fear earlier. I don't know if that made it onto the podcast. I don't think it did what you were talking about before and how fear itself can really – invite um, feelings or invite the actions control of those in power to control um, and not easily control people will surrender their liberties yeah because of fear um, the two you can say we've seen that with covid you could say we've seen that with 911 the Patriot Act I was just gonna say the two, of countries the two most um, consequential, consequential moments in the world in my lifetime. In our lifetime, 20, sure. 29 years tomorrow on this earth. Sure, are, I, I have a third. I have a third, but I'll let you talk about these two first. Are nine eleven and yeah. the pandemic? Okay, let's use these two as an example, and it, it works yeah. perfectly because one place to the right and one place to the left. We're not taking any it, it fell out that way. Yep, nine eleven happens. We are attacked. This country is is shook to its core, okay? Understandably. What do we do? We go and pass law after law after law infringing upon individual liberties through things like the Patriot Act, through things yeah. like demonizing any young Muslim who might post a little bit of extremist ideology online or say or or sympathize with Muslim extreme. All these things we did, we, we, we drastically increased the defense budget and we've used Americans' rightful frustration, anger, and want for revenge to invade Afghanistan, which initially was the right move to go after Al-Qaeda and those responsible, but we kept it going for 20 fucking years. Yeah. And then we somehow parlayed that into the invasion of Iraq. And it's just, it's very, and we still 
20 years later, 20 over 20 years later, we still are living in a society where we just accept the fact that it's the right thing to do to be essentially frisked at the airport every time you go on. And I'm not saying that I disagree with it. I'm just saying we have been completely, we've become totally accepting of that's the way things yeah. go versus before that. I mean, I don't remember flying a whole time before 9-11 because I was really young, but my understanding was it was nowhere like that. And if people started wanting to frisk an 80-year-old woman, yeah. yeah, we would have had problems with that. Again, yeah, probably not a big deal to get frisked at the airport to you know, protect people. But a lot of the laws that went into place still exist to a certain degree and have only continued to make us you know, it's all under this guise of like, well, we'll do it for your patriotic duty. It's going to make, you have to give up your individual liberties to make us safer. And I think it's bullshit. I don't think it's made us safer. I think if anything, it's made us more mistrustful of people and the government, which has ultimately yeah. made us less strong as a nation, which and more fearful. is way more indicative of being less stable as a country. Okay. Right. The other one is the pandemic and the understandable lockdowns and and freaking out in the very beginning when we had no idea if this thing was gonna you know kill 10 percent of the population and overwhelm the hospitals and blah 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 blah. we didn't know but after a while you know i remember being pretty clear around like may june 2020 time frame like okay this thing is serious and we should take it seriously but we also cannot continue to live in the current state of affairs and i know each state was doing things differently at that time but in general, a lot of the measures put into place, when we look back on them now, they didn't actually do much to stop the spread. All they did was like damage our economy and create a really mistrustful and, and, and frustrated American society. And right. that was excusable in the first couple of months, but when right. it dragged on and oh, on yeah. and on, yeah. and then we start saying, you have to get a vaccine to do this, I mean, to do you that. Still see, I, and I see it every day. I talk to different people every day. I still see the fear. I still see the people I do saying too. like, you know, you know. I see people know, yeah, driving in their just, fucking cars with masks on by themselves. I think they, and maybe I, they just I, forgot I, it was I, on their face. I, yeah, so they, yeah, I used to say the same thing. I'd be like, look at this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, like, man. Like, it, it yeah. sucks. that, And I, I'm well, not trying to like make fun of them. It's more just like, yeah. This is well, what yeah. we've done to ourselves because we have it allowed is, this fear and control. We have, a, we have and people we have are willing to give up their their freedom. Oh, yeah. Their their most have, the most important thing as an American is your freedom. And if you don't believe that, honestly, it's kind of an anti-American ideal to not to believe that control and security is more important yeah. than your freedom. And I got I major problem with that. I do too. And I and I think. I'm going to quote this Justice Holmes. Uh, I saw a quote by him. It was awesome. He said, fear of serious injury cannot alone justify suppression of free speech or assembly. And then he followed that up by saying, men feared witches and then they burnt women. Meaning that yeah. fear drove people to do things completely irrational. That's what a ration, that's what fear it causes irrationality. I mean, that's what it is. And I might me personally, I disagree with you. And I think that just because we don't know in the beginning, nobody knew. So we took drastic measures. Not knowing is not enough. Not knowing is not enough to say, hey, we need to put the brakes on this thing called right. the economy, or we need to shut everything down because we don't know. The unknown. It's just another way of saying what we fear. And we cannot let that dictate control our lives point. to that extent. Point. The unknown is very scary. It always has been. But it, can, it will not dictate us. And you going back to what you said, what I mean, I have a real problem with it too, but I think a lot of us are content. Uh, you know, Jimmy, you've seen more of the world than a lot of people. We live in a very comfortable country. We are very comfortable people. And we have had those rights for so long. It's getting to the point, I think, where people may not 
feel those rights on a day-to-day basis. Well, they and when they don't to. feel it, and when they don't experience it, they don't care if it's gone or if it's taken away. And that is the most frightening thing. But I the think. thing is, what bothers me is they care when it's something they care about is taken away. They don't mm-hmm. care when it's something mm-hmm. that they don't care about. So if you're mega pro-vaccine, pro, you know, we need to take the pandemic seriously, you don't give a shit yeah. if people who aren't vaccinated aren't allowed to go to a restaurant in New York City. That's bullshit. You should care. Yeah. Just like even if BLM is not your cause and you don't really care about social justice, absolutely, you should I don't want support those. people's absolutely. peacefully protesting. Yeah, you go back to the truckers. All those people who stopped me on the highway that day when I was trying to get home to have dinner, I didn't want any of those people to be debanked. I wasn't like, God, I wish PayPal exactly. would shut all those people's accounts down. That thought would have never occurred. I wish their employers would fire them. That thought never occurred to me. Exactly. I might be angry with them. I still want them to live their life. They got families. I guess, uh, you know, we have to be able to live and this is also stealing from someone else's quote, but we also ha- we have to be able to live with the consequences of too much freedom. Exactly. That's to the consequences exactly. of not enough. There will and inevitably huge. be horrible, horrible consequences and people in a free and oh, open yes. society. Absolutely. But you know what, yeah. damn it? For as many bad, there's more incredible human potential when you let people live freely. And, I mean, and- Jim... You seen OnlyFans? Have you heard about this? It's a bunch of <laughs> yeah, I know what OnlyFans is. <laughs> and, and they they're naked on the t- on the uh, the webcams, and sometimes they're doing stuff. I, I don't even I don't go on it. This is what I've heard, and uh, they're making millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Do I think that's fair or right? No, nothing about that is fair or right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing about that is what the founding fathers envisioned for this country. <laughs> you know, there's it's like the video game, there, right? The Chinese video I'll game. Just, I'll just say, well, not only that, well, I was going to bring it to the American. There are people out there that make a living playing video games and people just watch them play video games. Oh, yeah. I, it, again, the founding fathers were, they'd wake up at four in the morning, they'd farm around their homestead and then they'd go in and write a part of the constitution and pick up arms and protect their country. Did they do all that so that we could play video games and have people watch us play video games? No, like they couldn't envision that. But I do like, I would like to think that they thought of freedom as freedom, however you'll take it. It's freedom is freedom is freedom is freedom. And if we all melt to a giant conglomerate goo one day i don't know if you've ever seen wally i've, I've seen, seen wally bits yeah. and, i've seen bits and pieces of it but that's like what happens one day we're all giant fat blobs and you know technology has made us so that we don't anything we want is given to us right away and we just turn into these animals I mean, amoebas yeah that amoebas that could be that could be the end result of all this it is the American experiment, and it's unique as an experiment. I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see where this ride takes us. The last thing I would want, though, and, and here's the other thing. I, if you follow freedom, complete freedom to its worst of what it could turn out to be, it could be Wally. It could be all of us just, we could disintegrate to tribalism. I mean, we, they're, they're anarchy. I mean, truly, that's what could happen when it comes down to, I would still rather see that than top-down government suppression. Me too. It's not even, it's not even a, a question for me. And, and, and would my kids be safer? And I have children. I mean, this, tug, this, gets right at the, this gets right at the heartstrings. Would my kids be safer in a government-controlled country? Probably. Probably. Uh, they have their own issues with like starving and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I mean, the people of, of, of China and the people of, I mean, Russia to a lesser extent, but they go to work, they work every day, they come home, they have their bowl of rice, their chicken, whatever. Everything's control, control, control. They do it day in and day out. And people are safe, I guess you could say. But I'd rather have the consequences of too much freedom. I'd rather have Wally. 
Yeah. Um, it's actually a great way to segue this, this quote. So the quote goes, essentially, I don't have it in front of me, so I'll just paraphrase. Um, yeah, I can't attribute it, but autocratic rulers and governments are like a yacht. They're super smooth on the water. They look great until they hit something like a glacier or a rock and they okay. sink. Uh, sure. Democracy is like a raft. It's always going to be bumpy. It's always yeah. going to be dangerous. Sure. But it's fucking hard to sink that raft. Sure. And I completely agree with you that I would take the worst portion of a free and open society. I mean, obviously I want the best version of a free and open society, but I would yeah. take the worst version of a free and open society over a society that's, that is under control and a loss of personal freedoms in the name of security, which, you know, that's even assuming that security actually is something that autocratic leaders provide. Um, and, you know, that's not necessarily going to always be the case. Like define what no, security I mean, is for everybody, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. no, I, I would agree. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I would agree 100%. Freedom to the people. Yeah. It's what makes this country so unique. And like I said, it really bothers me when people don't share those same values and, and something that i believe is foundationally american yeah and you know, you brought up the two big events and i had mentioned a third you'd brought up 9-11 and you had brought up COVID. pandemic yeah i think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about will smith slapping <laughs> now if you watch that that was really that was a a direct attack on free speech Quite literally, his freedom to swing his hand ended at Chris Rock's face. Chris Rock's face. Um, and he made a joke. And trust me, I, I like to joke around. I like to harass people. I myself have come very close to being physically physically assaulted. I like to push, <laughs> I like to push a little too far. And uh, yeah, like it. Uh... <laughs> at dinner yeah, so, sloppy you know, bobs. <laughs> sloppy bobs. yeah that's a good story for another time but it's yeah. you know you get to the point where and but but my but my thought process jim has always been i can push buttons and i invite people to push them back i don't ever want it to escalate i know that you know there are certain certain things you could say to somebody that can get them to really you know, jump up, but, um, going back to Will Smith's, uh, thing, but, uh, I, I really do feel like, uh, you know, comedy is one of those things, especially that you should be able to say what you want to say. And if it's not funny, it ain't going to work. You're it, people are going to say you're not funny and you're not going to, then the, you know, the market will dictate that. It'll sort yeah. you out. Exactly. exactly. And I gotta say it, it wasn't even that good of a joke. No, but, uh, it wasn't. I didn't Wait, even. I didn't even understand Will it was, until. Yeah. Yeah. Will was not. Uh, and you know what? I love Will Smith. It really made me think of him as less, less of a dude. I don't yeah. Know if you felt that way. I, really I was un felt, unimpressed. Still, you baby. I think it was you a know? big. I think it was a lot of uh, posturing because of all the the stuff that's come out over the years, and and probably feeling like, you know, he's not like it, a. It, a full yeah. husband and like man of the relationship. You think it was like you think it was like anger building up. Yeah, dude, I do. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I feel like you might have misdirected it. Okay, the, yeah, the dude. dude on the stage told a little joke. Why don't you go after that rapper who was porking your wife while you guys were married? Direct your anger towards that guy. Yeah, that guy deserves some of the anger, right? Or your wife deserves some of the anger. It was a consensual relationship while you were married. Be angry at her. Yell at her. I don't know. That's my own personal. Not opinion. the skinny, fifty-five-year-old black guy. guy. Made, a, made a GI Jane joke. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice he was? Uh, he goes. He was like, um, it was a GI Jane joke, and he's like, he said, like, keep 
my wife's name out your fucking mouth again yeah. and chris rock goes i could uh, uh, and like yeah 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 dude, he was getting ready yeah, to, yeah. to go all yeah. in on the extramarital like, stuff and i think sure i think we would have had absolute pandemonium oh, if you like yeah. he might have just you know he would have lurked at him i mean they yeah. but like where's like is there was i don't know why would there be security there i don't know like, somebody should they should have been poison ready but that's the Academy Awards, I guess. Yeah, you know, I mean that's it? your that's your own fault for watching that stupid ass show. So I didn't hear about it until the day after. Yeah, so me I neither. Felt pretty good about <laughs> myself, you know. I didn't watch it live, but uh, yeah. So folks out there, if someone's cracking jokes about your wife's short haircut, there's no reason for you to get upset. Okay, some people like short hair. Uh, no reason for you to get upset, and remember, it's his right to do so. Speech always shall remain free. I truly believe that. Those are my closing statements. Jim? Yeah, I think we covered everything I wanted to. This is obviously something we're both passionate about. And, you know, I would Very just, passionate. I would, I would challenge anyone out there who to fight. <laughs> to fisticuffs. No, no. I would Meet challenge me at the town center. <laughs> anyone out there you know, who, who believes in some sort of censorship or some sort of restriction on liberties to really reflect on, on why they feel that way. And if, if their beliefs are consistent across the aisle or only apply to the things that they care about and, you know, just, just take some time to reflect on it. I, it's something I've had to do um, over the last couple of years. I definitely have not always held this principled of a stand. I definitely had my sure. things. I, I supported freedom of speech for and things that, unconscious bias took control and i was like no i don't agree with that that's bullshit and you know what it takes it takes a very engaged mind to um to really parse the stuff out and and we should challenge ourselves to be better and, and to think about that stuff yeah and if i could say one more thing too about that get out of the echo chamber stop hanging out with people who and me and jim have very like-minded ideals but we're also different and I have friends who think differently than me, experience different thoughts and thought processes, experience different people, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, be a well, you know, well-rounded individual. And uh, I guess what talk to and meet as many people. I'm lucky I get to see a different person every day, talk to them, feel them out. And it really helps you get perspective and rounds you off to where you can kind of see our, our where we, things we do have in common get out of the echo chamber. If you're stuck on either side of this echo chamber, if you're stuck on the right side of the echo chamber, you're going to be like, yeah, no, they, they you know, they should be able to throw Muslims in Guantanamo Bay without due process. No, that doesn't make any sense. Or, you know, the left saying, oh yeah, if you don't get a vaccine, they can't go anywhere. They're not allowed outside their house. Can't, there's got to be some middle ground. Mm. Talk to people, meet people. You know, that's important too. I agree. Well, buddy, I enjoyed this one. Might be my favorite one yet. So with that, I'll let you close it out. Folks, thank you very much for listening to a tall glass of podcast. Cheers. Cheers.